gospel lesson this morning comes from Matthew's gospel, chapter 22, verses 15 through 22. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show no deference and show deference to no one. For you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And then he said to them, Whose head is this and whose title? They answered, The emperor's. And then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. And when they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. This is the word of the Lord. So today, you get to hear a sermon on stewardship, because it is that time of year. It is October, moving into November, traditionally harvest time, stewardship time. And our gospel reading provides material for a great attempt at talking about stewardship, because Jesus has finally said something that is easy to understand. He asked to see a coin, and on the coin is an image of the emperor. So Jesus says, give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and give God the things that belong to God. That is easy enough to understand. The verb used here for give literally means give back. We are to give back to the original owner those things which belong to him or her. Our money, our cash, our dollars belong to those who govern us. And in this case, the coin belongs to the emperor. So, it would stand to reason that our fill-in-the-blank, that our what belongs to God. Jesus suggests that something in our possession belongs to God, and that something isn't named in our scripture. That something has always belonged to God, and we're left to figure out what it might be that Jesus is telling us to give back to God. We know the question placed before Jesus is just another trick. Throughout the Gospels, the religious leaders are always trying to trap him and catch him in what he says. And they want to know, does the divine will permit paying taxes to Caesar? 
Taxes are a sensitive subject, even today. The word translated taxers refers to the Roman census. It was a tax upon agricultural yield and personal property. The Romans had been taxing the citizens since 63 B.C. There were probably some who didn't appreciate this tax by the Romans. However, most people were just fine being in debt to the Roman Empire. The empire had benefits. Honestly, it's true. The Roman Empire had benefits for its citizens. And back in those days, everybody wanted to be a Roman citizen. A Roman citizen had rights under the law. Being a citizen would literally save your life in many situations. And a citizen was protected by the Roman army against all those enemy barbarians living around and outside of the boundaries of Rome. Being a citizen of Rome was like being a citizen of the United States. Belonging to the state has benefits. And early Christians who found themselves in trouble with the Roman government because they refused to worship the state gods of Rome, well, they had an easier time if they were citizens than if they were not. Roman citizens were reprimanded reprimanded for their defiance to not bow down to those gods, but non-citizens, they were tortured, thrown to the lions. Y'all remember those stories? In many ways, it's good to be a citizen. However, no matter how good the benefits of the Roman government, the issue of taxation always ended up in a heated conflict. One example, Judea had come under direct Roman control around 6 or 7 AD. And resentment of the Roman taxation contributed to unrest that culminated in a revolt in 70 AD. And this was a bloody revolt during which many lives were lost and the Holy Temple in Jerusalem was transformed into an uninhabitable ruins. 70 AD is when the temple finally fell for the last time. So Jesus is standing there before this has happened. He stands there before the leaders of the religious community and he's asked one of the most controversial questions of his time. Is it lawful for Jews to pay taxes to the emperor or not? Obviously a trick question. If he says yes, he's in big trouble with the Jews. If he says no, he's in big trouble with the state. So what does he do? He asks for a coin, a denarius. This is the coin in which the the tax is calculated and paid. This is how people pay their taxes with a denarius. And so those who came to question him, those who came to trap him, reach into their pockets and bring out the coin. They are in possession of the things of the state. That's the hypocrisy Jesus is talking about. They are participants. And so Jesus holds up the coin and says, whose head is on this and whose title 
The answer is obvious who all, to all who are there. It's the emperor. So he says, give to the emperor the things that belong to the emperor and give to God the things that are God's. So here we are, full circle, back to where we started. Jesus has said something that's easy to understand. We have more information. We have a sense of context for what's going on here. And we can rightfully assume now that we owe God some kind of tax. And I'm okay with that idea of owing God a tax, the God tax. I've profited from the benefits of being a child of God, benefits of comfort and protection, benefits of love and mercy. I benefit from a peace that passes all understanding. These are benefits that come from belonging to God. So how much do I owe and where do I send my check? How do I pay my God tax? How do I give back to God these things that belong to God? This is not so easy to answer. So what if God's tax is something that we don't necessarily give back What if God's tax is something that we pay forward? We're familiar with that concept, paying it forward. When somebody does something nice or good or kind for you, you pay it forward by doing something nice, kind, and good for someone else. It's it's like that thing that happens, um, you're in line at Starbucks and somebody in front of you pays for your coffee, right? That was like a paying it forward, and then you're supposed to pay for the person behind you. Or supposed to. That's supposed to be how it works. And it seems obvious. This seems like something we should all practice. Someone does something kind for you, pay it forward. But what happens is, to us human beings, fragile as we are, we sometimes get caught up in participation worry. We worry, what if they don't pay my kindness forward? What if they don't pay my love forward? Let me just say now, it doesn't matter. That worry doesn't matter. What matters is we try. We can smile at someone. We can help out a neighbor. We can visit people who are sick. We can forgive people who have hurt us. We can offer a small mercy to the people we meet. We can pay God back by paying God's mercy forward. And it won't change the world, but it won't hurt it either. And if you're still wondering about the title of my sermon, Where's George.com, let me explain. A long time ago, my husband started doing this. There's a website where you can go register your money, and then you track where your money goes. Basically, you order this rubber stamp in the mail that says www.where'sgeorge.com in a little red ink pad. And so you stamp your bills, dollar bills, $5 bills, whatever you want, with where'sgeorge.com, and you take that number on your bill and you put it in your log. And then, if someone gets this bill and is so inclined to investigate the website and they enter that bill number, they'll find out where it came from, and then they'll write in where they received it. And it was so much fun. We had such interesting responses. 
One of our dollar bills was received as change at the Branding Iron Restaurant in Wichita Falls, Texas. One made its way to Colorado and was received for house sitting. And one went all the way to New York City and was received as change at the ship store of the USNS Robert E. Perry. And then one guy wrote, hey, I got this from my grandma to buy a new hard drive. It's fascinating to see what we put out into the world, to see where it will go, how far it will travel. And the point of all this is, is our currency exchanges hands, travels far and wide. What we put out into the world travels to a place we can't imagine. What we put out into the world will travel to a place we ourselves might not ever go. What we put into the world will take on a life of its own. All we have to do is put it out there. God has coined us in God's image. We are God's money. We are the ones who should be spent. We should circulate, go from hand to hand. We should be used. We should be worn. We are coins, God's coins, and we should be spent. God is trying to use us to pay off our debts, the debts that we owe to one another here on earth. So this year, in a strange year where it's difficult to be God's currency in a world that seems frozen, where we can't get near each other and talk to each other, you're going to have to be creative. You're going to have to risk being used and be increased. And to the end of this will be the glory of God. So today I say good luck out there. Try to find ways to pay your God tax, to pay it forward. And grace be with you as you try. Amen. So let's stand together as you are able and share our affirmation of faith, which is the Apostles' Creed, as found printed in our worship bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Thank you.